welcome to the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Lee. This show is completely dedicated to giving you the stories, strategies, and top performance hacks from extraordinary minds around the globe. Without further ado, let's dive right in. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome to another episode of the Healthy Mind Fuck Podcast. Today, uh, we're going to have a bit of an uncomfortable but insanely necessary conversation with my extraordinary friend, Jennifer, um, who is one of our favorite uh, podcasters that has come back for round two. And we're going to be talking about uh, some of the things that we don't, we're not supposed to talk about for our leaders out there, for those that want to make a deeper impact, that those that want to make um, a bigger influence and share and serve. We're going to be talking about how to get out of your own way and how to do the work on you so that you can serve your clients to that next level. Um, Jennifer has been a leader in healing leaders in and of itself and helping them dig deeper into those discomforts so that they can stop holding themselves back, including myself. I am proud to call her a friend and a colleague, and we are going to have an amazing conversation. So Jennifer, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I just, it's an honor to be here. It's an honor to serve and whatever value we can bring to your listeners. I'm just excited to rock and roll, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I'm always excited for us to connect. So why do you think that leaders hold themselves back so much? You know, it's really interesting. So I work, Chris, with men and women. And in, in the way we hold ourselves back, why we hold ourselves back, is, is different for sure. And I will just start with women because I do work with a lot of just high-performing women business leaders. And, you know, I have to preface this that, you know, I've seen this a lot on social media and this is why this conversation is so needed. We Americans have a tendency to do this like pendulum shift, like share our wounds, our pain, shut up and suck up. You know, it's this extremity in our world of how to quote, heal pain. And for women, to start with women business leaders, I do find that they still struggle with sharing their story, sharing their pain. And I do believe for their healing, and I'm speaking on specifically women, and we're going to get into men too, but they need to find ways to navigate the depths of their pain by sharing their story. Sharing their story, it can be in a variety of capacities, everyone. But I'm going to say this before I go through why I think they're struggling still. Many of us don't really share our story. We say we do, whether it be with social media or with friends, but we really don't share our story, like who we really are, our struggles and where we want to go with that. And I believe that for women leaders to actually create a healing space and become the powerful, unique leader that they are with their unique gifts, they do have to share not just with one person, but I do believe they have to step out in whoever they're leading and share their story. How that looks and what that looks like is different for every woman. I think women have a hard time sharing their painful story because we have this deeply rooted generational wounds. We have our family wounds. And you guys, we hear this woo-woo wounds thing going around, okay? Yeah. But it's true. There's so much psychology so much retained in the brain from generational to childhood wounds. And it's so corded. And I get, I know you understand this, Chris. It's so corded in our brain 
and in general with the generational wounds we've seen with women and women trying to step up, there's fear of rejection, there's fear of abandonment, there's actually fear of death in some cultures like safety. Be able to step into, even if it's just leading yourself and stepping in your truth. In America now, we have women that are entrepreneurs and stepping in how they want to lead. It doesn't matter. When it does come down to it, Chris, is it really comes down to these generational wounds, core wounds that but women shut up, don't yep. say anything. It doesn't matter what it's about. And yeah, good girls are seen, not heard, right? Like those, yes. those mantras. I'm like, I, I was not, I'm a dude, right? And I still know that those things are real and it, it, it does create these ripples. And I think now more than ever, we're at this space now where we're at so much awareness of like the impact of these generational traumas. And we are so lucky to have conversations and leaders like yourself who can facilitate, like you went to the valley, to the bottom of the valley, into the cave, did the work, and then you came back and you've chosen to help facilitate others into the shadow to come back into their own light. Like, man, that's powerful stuff. And this, I mean, even the science confirms this, right? The, the cherry blossom study with the rats, right? Yes. We yes. like give cherry blossom smell to some rats, feed them poison. And then we condition them to associate those two things together. Then three generations later, we haven't introduced cherry blossom at all to like their great grandkids, right? And oh my gosh, if we feed or we introduce the smell of that cherry blossom, oh my gosh, these rats are still having like reactions as if they've yeah. been poisoned. Like yeah. it's not just like psychosomatic. It's like, oh, that's wired into our nervous system. And, you know, it's interesting because I, I wasn't going to go here, Chris, but I, I do need to go there here because I have had some coaches I've just seen in the last month talk about, you don't have to share your story, women. And they, and they, they work with a lot of high-performing women. You don't have to share it. You can heal without sharing all your shit, excuse the French, online or in a group. And honestly, I'll be honest with you, I, I really question, I'm going to be honest, I, I question that approach. And every, all listeners, I, I want your feedback on this. But yeah. again, speaking, and I want to go into men too, because we see a lot of generational wounds there too. But for women at our core, you guys, okay, I'm going to use myself as an example. If I wouldn't have shared my story, and not that all of you have to do this, but I did it as a TEDx, okay? I kept it so inside, and I'm, I'm a leader. I've been a leader all my life. I'm an Enneagram 8. Like, that's what I do. <laughs> Just ingrained in me. I was so afraid, so afraid for people to see my story through rejection, abandonment, again, that fear of safety that I would lose my life. Like I literally would be alone. And when I stepped out, not just with my family, but on a stage. And again, not that you guys have to go that far, but I do believe you have to step out and courage to a group of people. It game changed the trajectory of my life. I became not a fake leader. Okay, women, I really want you to get this. If you want to be an influential leader, like authentically, like changing lives, it starts at this intrinsic psychological level of understanding that it, it is deeply rooted in us. We can sit here and say, I'm a leader, I'm a leader, but inside we're, we're having this rejection abandonment cycle. Like you said, Chris, it's amazing, but guess what? There is hope, right? Yeah. But I'm telling you, they show this in research too, Chris, they show this in research. When you step out, when you're in that fight or flight, like, oh my gosh, they could reject me. And you step out and say, this is my story. I'm in pain. It literally does a huge, massive rewire at that yeah. moment. Catch your brain in the act. Yeah. You know, we talk about this, like that acute stage of don't do it, don't do it. Take a deep breath. 
pull yourself into that moment. And there's power in the shift in every woman leader that's out there. If you haven't shared your story, and again, I will challenge those those beliefs online where it's not about sharing your story. You know, I, I'm like, no, I believe it's 100% necessary. Yeah. How you do it, I'm not saying it has to be online, yeah. okay? But I will say this, the reason why we talk about online is because it's a great platform to hit the masses of people relating to you so they can step out in truth too. It doesn't have to be there, but I will say this, everyone, anyone that I believe wants to be an influential leader, as a woman, okay, you need to step out into a space of authenticity and honestly testing your brain, you know, yeah. saying, I bet on me. I don't, I don't bet on the ego anymore. I don't bet on these wounds. I'm going to make my brain question it. And I'm going to do that by stepping out and seeing if this might work, seeing yeah. this might heal. You guys, the benefits are huge. Neuropathologically, energetically, it was game-changing for me and I see it in everybody's life. So I will continue as I've seen this, everyone, challenge that I do believe. It doesn't matter how you share it, what part you feel led to share, but we all know when we're afraid to share something, that's probably when we need to share it. Okay. Yeah. And that is 100% the first step to becoming the influential leader as a woman. There's a lot of things we can do too as for men, but also that's another reason why they won't do it. We have yeah. generational course of just pulling us down and telling us, excuse the French, to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Okay. We've dealt with this for, for thousands and thousands of years. And you guys, this is not victimhood. I want to be very careful, no. very, very clear about that. It's about owning it and going, this is, has really affected me in moving it forward. Sharing your story is not about victimhood. It's actually, when I shared mine, I was scared to death of what people would think about me. And I knew that's why I had to share it. <laughs> it wasn't about me being victim, right? But it changes everything. It changes everything here. Uh -huh. It gives your brain a new idea. Like, wow, I'm not going to die. Right. I'm not going to be abandoned. I'm not going to be unsafe. And it's a beautiful space to be. So if you want to be that powerful leader, women, you've got to be willing to do that. You've got to be willing to step into that space. And when you do, there's a lot of beauty on the other side. I couldn't agree more. And I, I unfortunately have seen this so much. Like when I became a dad to a daughter, I was like, oh, like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, yes, we have made a tremendous amount of progress in terms of, you know, uh, feminine patriarchy and things like that. And still, and I can see this even in, uh, you know, leadership and influencers and females, there's almost like, again, like you said, this suppression and like, I, you can almost see this like cognitive dissonance between like that suppression and the betrayal of what they actually want to say. Like I I've been told to say this by the marketing team or by, you know, my coach or, or by this business or this marketing team, they told me to say this. And then like this other part of them, like you can almost see their body, like contorting to like they feel that sense of betrayal, like they're being like ripped in two. And I know you've, de you've definitely yes. probably seen this too. You know, it's so interesting because now I, I want to speak about men. Okay. Cause I have a lot of men that I coach. They're like, Jen, it's easier for women. We're, you're more emotional. You know, we always have this of like, okay, all of us, I don't care if you're a man, woman, black, white, <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. We are all dictate our behavior by emotions. All of us. All of us, how aware you are of that is where the healing begins. Yep. So, and I say for any leader, especially when I talk to my men, like three different components to help you understand how much you're creating this 
identity crisis. Okay, side note, before I go through those three things, I agree with you, Chris. I have high-performing leaders that are multi-million dollar companies and they're like, I feel so not me. I'm like, because you know why? You're having an identity crisis. Yeah. Your brain doesn't know who's running the fucking ship. It's yep. like, you're doing one thing and you're saying another. You're doing one thing in your head and then you're behaving another. I've seen this for two years, especially. It was happening before, but in an exponential rate, last two years. And men and women, they're like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not usually emotional, I'm not usually depressed, blah, blah, blah. It starts with understanding everybody, we all men, I'm speaking to you in particular right now, women, we get this. It all starts with understanding we do have a feeling, an emotion, okay? Being aware of that. That is always the first step as an influential leader. Second, you're tapping into your intuition with that. After you're feeling the feels, like what is this meaning to me? Like being honest, your antenna, your intuition is truly your antennas to your soul. Mm -hmm. I say this all the time, Chris. And when men and women, but especially I'm speaking to men right now, are willing to just sit in it, power in the pause, like this emotion, use your in beautiful intuition because you have it too, okay? What is this meaning? What am I supposed to pull in and take out? And then the third part is the emotional intelligence of making the freaking choice, the decision. You can be really all emotional and understand that where the emotions come from. You can be really intuitive, but now it's the, the decision. The decision, where did I go? Go back to getting online or sharing your story. It's decision to step into the true you. So Men, I'm speaking to you, but men and women both understand we're all feeling people, okay? Yeah. Where your barometer's at, where you start is different. Yes, your story is different. Creating a space for the emotions, step, tapping into your intuition next, and then your emotional intelligence of what decision do you need to make next? And that is where you speak your truth. That's where you get on a TEDx stage. That's where you're like, I'm crying. I'm dying right now. I know I've mentioned this to you, Chris. I mean, I was literally planning my death around tax season. I thought it'd be, quote, easier on my family. I mean, I knew my brain was yeah. pretty fucked up, okay? Yeah. I had a feeling that intuitively, like, I need to reach out. I can't do this alone. And then the final step was my emotional intelligence. Like, who do I reach out to? And I make the freaking decision. That's the part, you guys. You can be as emotional and be attached to that as much as you want. You can be as intuitive as you want. But until you finally make that step, you're not going anywhere fast. Okay. Yep. So as a, I call it as an influential leader, men and women, okay. Start with the emotion. We are all feelers. We direct traffic from our feelings. We got to figure that out. What are the wounds? I mentioned about women and that abandonment, that generational men have their own thing, which you can go into, but it doesn't matter. You start there. Then you start getting clear on who you are and then pull in intuitively people, places, things like, what do I need to do? What are my options? Then again, the emotional intelligence starts kicking in. You're in a clear space. Make the decision. Emotions, intuition, okay, decision. Mm -hmm. When you have those three, I'm telling you, everyone, the decision to express who you are, the decision to connect with people in a beautiful, powerful way, your business will take off. It's not about your damn systems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's again, what tells it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, by the way, systems are very neat. Okay. I'm a visionary. You know, I've had yep. my own issues with like data and stuff. It's very important, but yeah. the people that come to, we all know, Chris, we're dallying around all this stuff and I still see it. We are emotional beings. We are feeling beings no matter. And I know this is a side note, because I know we were talking about this at one point, but you had mentioned something on your Instagram and I would totally agree with you. It's still 
really saddens me when I see these posts about suck it up, do your thing, be tough, stop oh being all emotional. It, it literally takes us back a thousand years. And when it does. Say, Shut up. Don't say your story. Women, it's not that big a deal. Just do the inner work over here. I'm like, yep. I literally want to cringe. Okay. This is why I think mindset is dying. Like yes. I, I genuinely, because mindset's like, shut up, stop being a bitch. Like fuck your feelings. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Like people are like trying to be motivated. Like understand that motivation is an emotion. Yes. Right? yes. And like the other thing that like really clicked in for me um, a while ago, especially for men, a lot of the conversation, and even for a lot of women out there, they say like, I just feel numb right? I have this emotional numbness and somebody clicked this in for me and they said, numbness is not like the absence of emotion. It's all of the emotion uncategorized, right? And it's a complete victimhood of understanding our emotions. And for me, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, right? Especially for men, the emotions are still there. We've just chosen to like mix them together in this weird, nasty pot and then like, you know, purge it out on people sometimes like, cause that's just what we've learned. That's what we've seen. So we mirror those behaviors. I think, you know, and something to go off that, you know, something that created a shift for me as I was very numb and where I was understanding that. And what I literally came and downloaded to me is my brain was saying, are you going to finally bet on you? Are you going to finally bet on you instead of all the generational childhood, whatever it is that is this pattern, you're going to finally bet on you because you're not that pattern. And this is when I was getting early in personal development, you guys. I didn't realize the, the strength of the ego that was still in me. I didn't realize the wound that was just tugging at me. I was doing all the powerful Tony Robbins incantations, you guys. By the way, I love Tony Robbins. Okay. Oh, Tony. Great I mean, it, there, was, there was no processing there. And I remember just this God download, like be in the freaking now, right? We all know the book, Eckhart Tolle, be in the now, right? The power of now. The ego is always trying to create inferior and superior for us, right? Past and future. It's never in the now. And when I was willing to sit in the yuck, you guys, feelings, emotions, just sit in it, man, that ego, you guys, it quieted. I didn't even have to fight it anymore. I'd feel it. Come on, you guys, this is the other thing. We think we're like, you, you guys, we fight it. Like it's, it's there. And you know, it, it's okay. Do a dance with it. We are human and we have our stories and we have our generational stories. When it's there, just acknowledge it's there. Do the dance with it and go, okay, I realize it's not truth because it's in the past or present. It's not in the now. Mm-hmm. Let me sit in the now and deal with my stuff. And that ego starts dissipating. I'm a practitioner. You are too, Chris. And I've done that with people with cancer. Like, I hate the word anti-cancer, fight cancer. I hate that fucking shit. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what? Because it creates wording, this resistance, push, push, push. Mm-hmm. It's like that dresser door that like you're trying to open up and you're forcing it. Yeah. Don't want to open it. You guys, same thing with ego and wounds. Like, I'm going to fight you. Screw you. I'm like, no. You know, I call my ego mur- Myrtle. <laughs> love it. Oh my gosh. I love that. I, I just envision like an old lady that's really sweet, but she speaks her mind. And sometimes it's like, these like, you should say that and you laugh at her. You're like, oh, Myrtle. Literally when my ego comes into play, whether it be, and then I'm going, yep, it's an old childhood wound. It's an old, whatever. I'm like, hi, Myrtle. I literally dance with it. And I stay in the now. I'm like, that's not my story. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I hear you. I hear you. I literally dance with her. And before you know it, she is gone. You guys, we both have a lot of cool tools to pull in your brain in a more powerful way. I don't care where you want to go with it. It's amazing what we can do to change that. There's a hundred thousand blood vessels in your brain. 
whatever right. billion neuronal connections, yeah. we can change the brain. But no matter what, it starts with stuff like that, being aware and not shaming it. I feel like when we do resistance, oh that's what the influential leaders do, we're high performers, get rid of it. That's what we do. We fight. Yeah. I used to be that way. You don't have to freaking fight. You guys, being a leader for yourself and your team is hearing the hard conversations, navigating the depths, in the depths with your conversations, like, okay, I hear you. That's funny. Not truth. Let's pull it in. Same thing with conversations with your team. I hear you. Mm -hmm. I feel you. Let's talk about this, not avoid the conversations. Yeah. You guys, it starts with the feelings. It starts with the intuition, makes the choice. Now that it's there, you're aware. It's so powerful, Chris. And it is. The more we can get men and women leaders to do that, the more power there is. We have defeminized women and demasculated men. Yeah by being this extreme masculine yeah. for both of us. I want you guys to get that. We have defeminized women. That's our power source. We've demasculated men as leaders because we've both been extremely in this masculine, get shit done, resist, push. And it's it's BS, you guys, it is BS. And if you look at, at um, just a lot of different societies that have healed this, where they right. elevate women in this femininity. And you look at the yeah. Spartan world, okay? Oh my Spartan, gosh, right? The Spartan world is a beautiful example. Like, you guys, yeah. I'm not saying whether you agree or disagree with the wars that went on, but I'm just saying their culture. Yeah. I love that example because mm -hmm. they had this beautiful balance between, I will say, in a lot of ways, healthy, masculine, and feminine as leaders. And both men and women were leaders in their way. Yeah. And, and, it, and it created this beautiful dance and they, the men elevated the feminine, yeah. the women elevated the masculine, but allowed them to also kind of immerse in between. Yeah. There was they a felt, dance between those two yes. instead of an avoidance. And I, I was studying stoicism and like, yes. you know, some of the greatest stoics that came out were these empowered women that if you would go back and like, look at, did a man or a woman write this? You wouldn't be able to tell, right? It was just like from this space of empowerment like oh i don't know if that was marcus aurelius or if, if that was like you know mary from like all of the and it's like oh my goodness versus where we are now there is definitely a space of like everybody kind of feels like they're walking on eggshells like yes. with a lot of like the shifts and changes and surfacing so that everybody gets to, to be seen and the yeah. dust definitely got kicked up on some like cultural wounds that we had right mm -hmm pronouns coming up and everything else like along those lines so the dust got kicked up and now we're finding right now a new space and it's uncomfortable for everybody right like if you introduce novelty to a system it goes into this fight or flight right and from that culturally the leaders come to the surface and they begin to organize the chaos and that's exactly what's happening right now so everybody does get to be heard, right? We are making and healing and fixing the culture to the best of our ability right now, but the work's never going to be done. And right. being able to bring that awareness and shift and cultivate the energy like you talked about, you don't have to fight things. Like I, I remember hearing this example of somebody that had stage four pancreatic cancer, which is as bad as it gets, right? And his entire battle, they were like, you know, you got to fight this, you got to fight this, you got to fight this. And he eventually got to such a low point, he said, I, I just can't, I can't fight anymore. And everybody was like, all right. So they got him on hospice and all this other stuff. And he was like on his deathbed. And he just remembers like having this like vivid vision of like, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to like die fighting. I'm not going to die like this way. I'm going to die in love. And he started to love his body, started to love the cancer, started to thank it for bringing his family together. Son of a bitch. 
started to go away. Like, and you know, those are some like big shifts and changes and radical examples, but like the exception becomes the rule, right? Like these things are possible. I mean, you guys, they've shown that not with cancer, that it literally reverses the the DNA. It reduces free radicals. When you stop creating resistance in your own life and you guys, what you just said, I love it. All you leaders out there that are questioning, like, how do I impact, especially after the last couple of years? I know we've all kind of rearranged and had a little bit of a, a mind F. <laughs> like, really, yes. where, what, what am I supposed to do? You guys, yeah. I really want you to know there's no shame where you're at. You know, I'm not saying you have to get on, like I said, social tomorrow and share your, your, your bad story, whatever. But I will say, I want you, all of you, to challenge you to step back because if you're resonating with this podcast right now, you're actually that leader that, that we need. Okay. Male and female, this dance. We got to take a deep breath. You got to be willing to do it differently. I'm just going to say that you got to be willing to do it differently. I have to tell you, Chris, I work with people like this and I work on myself like this. It's so easy for me to step back into constant masculine mode. You guys, I'm not saying it's bad. Just like ego right. is part of the human story. It, it, it's, it creates an edge of polarity to make us look at things and move into a more healthy space. Okay. I really want to be clear with that. But I'm going to tell you right now, as a leader myself, when I'm pulling more into my feminine and I'm letting that for me be my dominant space, gosh, Chris, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You're unstoppable, yes. right? Because you claim right. radical responsibility. Like I, I talked about this two days ago, that if you want immediate and long lasting change, you have to have radical acceptance and radical responsibility of your circumstances and your emotions. The moment that you do that, or the slower that process is, the faster or slower your growth is as well. Oh, a hundred percent. And like I said, we need leaders they're continuing to do the journey of not just getting healthier to me. It is health, but it's, oh, it feels so good to be you. Yeah. You guys, when you're truly you and you're not in that identity crisis anymore, you're like, I'm, I'm staying congruent truly. And that's integrity. You guys yeah. <laughs> congruent with who I really am because it's hard at first, but we all know the emotional trauma. If we play a game, someone else's game, Oh my gosh, the low frequency that happens, the anxiety, the depression, the physical health that falls in suit, all that. Right. We might as well just choose our hard leaders. Choose your heart. You're going to have to, it's going to be hard either way, right? We talk about this all the time. Step in it, get congruent with what that means to you. And if you don't know what that is, that's okay. That's where the feeling starts. Figure out what your values are, your morals. What, I mean, again, intuition, like what expands the frick out of you? Like what lights you up? What inspires you? That's you. It's saying, yeah, here. Yes. And then take that point of stepping in emotional, intelligently into who you are. And you guys, it's tough, but then you start pulling in people to support that system. Yes. Right. Got to find a way to feel I am me again. When, when someone asked me, what was your biggest feeling when you were like, that this is where I need to be. This is my truth. I'm like, I felt so me. That's all I could say. Isn't that all we, we want to do, you guys? Whether you're a leader or not, we just want to be us mm-hmm. because we're uniquely expressed in our own being. I'm an identical twin, Kristen. I am highly different, polar opposite in many ways than my twin and what her yeah. gifts are and what her vision and her calling is for her life. And I'm just going to encourage all of you leaders 
I don't care what you're leading. I mean, really technically all of us are leading something at the end of the day, but who I'm really talking to is people that are taking that next step that they're leading a group, they're leading a community, they're leading a vision, a world. It it starts with understanding you are feeling, you're a feeler as much as I am. Just because I'm an empath, it doesn't matter. When you're willing to navigate that depth, you have to be willing to do that. Why is it that leaders are so willing to create resistance and do the heart out here, but not here? right? Yep. Not the heart. And when you do that, you figure out who you are, then you stay congruent with it. And you make decisions accordingly and everything gets easier, even with adversity that comes and goes. I, people say that to me all the time. Like, how do you do that? Like, how do you, I'm like, I'm an anchored in who I am. Mm-hmm. I know where I'm supposed to be. And I want to teach other influential leaders to do the same. It doesn't, it's hard, but it doesn't have to be that hard. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. <laughs> and like I, I think there's this identity that goes with being a high performer, right? That you can't dance. I have to fight and I have to push and I have to like, you know, because a lot of these high performers, like we came from like the depths of like nothing, right? Or like we, we went in or we had tons of trauma and we like picked and like grit and like in the mud to get ourselves back out. And then we became, you know, these high performers because of that. But if you really look at those people that are like sustainable and they're happy and they're present, they're not pushing at all. Like they're on like cruise control at like 400 miles an hour. And it's like relative to them, right? Right. Like it's all that, like the whole relativity thing. Like if you throw a ball in a car going 400 miles an hour, you just threw a ball at 400 miles an hour, right? Like, and these high performers that are just like present, they're doing that. Like there's nowhere to go, nowhere to please. Like I am who I am and this is what it is. And I watch these people and it's like, how are you getting so much done? How are you making such an impact? And they're just so powerful because they've cleared out those old ancestral wounds. They found power in the presence and like, they're not out there to serve anybody else's ego, including their own. And it's like, damn, like, you're just, look at you, shit. Like, you're powerful and you feel those people, right? Like 100%. those are the people you feel. 100%. You know, I do an exercise with a lot of my leaders that when we finally get them into being willing to feel the yuck and stuff, and we do some clearing around that, just, I call it kind of seven levels of intuition, but we start having them ask really powerful questions in that state. Once they're in that calm state of, you know, what am I giving to the world? What is my calling? Where do I feel true power? How do I best love myself? How can I speak now my truth? What intuitively people, places, things do I need to bring in my world that expands that truth with me? And how am I supposed to continue to bring that consistently every day as a leader? And I find when I have them ask those seven questions, we start, and I have a seven levels deep intuitive course that I teach a lot of leaders because you just get more and more, you kind of go down that rabbit hole and you realize the power of intuition. I think by the way, side note, there's a lot missing in, in how to optimize leadership on teams. And I think one of them is intuition. It's highly underrated, both for men and women. I teach a whole course on that, but you need to step into that. Intuition is key and really creating the feeling of intuition to feeling is key as well. Yeah. And when you start asking those questions after you feel the feels, I have, again, like I said, leaders just become unstoppable. They're just like, Jen, the things that I hated doing every day, it was just like Zen. Because you're so like now congruent with you. You're not trying to do everything that everybody else, you know, says you should be doing or trying to put out fires and not have hard conversations. I love to facilitate that. We have to have tough conversations. We have to, you know, and honestly, once you start getting through them, you get a lot of power with that because you realize it's safe to do that Mm -hmm. as a leader. 
And it starts with tough conversations with yourself. We all say that, right? You have to lead yourself well, deal with that. And then you can step in truth with other people and create a safety for everyone on your team. I mean, the number one thing I remember when I looked at a study, Chris, after especially 2020, the number one thing that employees were, were struggling with in the work environment, even on Zoom, was psychological safety. Yep. <laughs> number one. I literally just yeah, did a consultation the other day with a company that had a thousand people in it. And that was the number one yeah. thing. Yeah. Think about that. So what that says to me is they feel unsafe to speak their truth in whatever environment in work. And yep. you guys, I don't care how many systems you have, your company will self-implode. It will yep. self-implode. Productivity is going to go down with each of those individuals. Communication breakdown. It will be fire after fire. That to me, I wasn't surprised, but I was surprised. I'm like, wow, that's huge. Again, this yeah. comes to emotional intelligence, yeah. which actually back it up to being intuitive, like with what your congruency is, which backs it up to what is my, my truth, which yeah. includes the emotions that were coming up that were triggering your truth. Like what is, so you guys do see this? Feel, feel. Feel. It doesn't mean you have to be the woo-woo, cry for three hours, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you don't need to be doing microdose and ayahuasca on a Wednesday afternoon during your business meetings, right? Like, I think there's like this weird stigma that like yeah. healing, especially with social media out there, like yeah. I'm going to go down to Peru, I'm going to go chill with some shamans and I'm going to go, yeah. you know, exercise the demons and I'm going to go do and do sacred medicine. And I think plant medicine has its space. Don't get right. me wrong. Right. And at the same time, there are other choices. And I think some of those other things before you go do something that alters your state, even if that's breathwork facilitation or other plant medicines, you need to have a foundation to stand on, right? You need to be able to cultivate and understand and shift and pivot. Cause I don't know about you. I've heard some real rough stories from people that didn't have those things and then went to go have altered state experiences, even in breathwork facilitations. And they were wrecked for like weeks, right? They didn't know who they were. And then everything else goes away and there's nothing left in smoke and mirrors. And you're just looking at yourself and you're like, don't like that. And it's just this gross, uncomfortable thing. So the things that we're talking about here, like the master is the basic, like he's the one that facilitates the basics, right? Like I, what's that quote? I'm not afraid of a man that knows how to throw a thousand punches one time. I'm afraid of the the man that threw one punch 1,000 times or 10,000 right. times, yeah, right? Like, yes. yeah. yeah, that's where I see those people really come through and thrive. And, you know, that's the thing is high performers and leaders feel like they have to be extreme. So going back to our original point, you guys, about sharing your story, I'm a big believer. It has to be where you set a foundation, having an accountability person. Like when I shared my story that I had, had coaching. I'd had people that were creating a foundation stability for me. So I agree with you. There's is recklessness of that on social. We see extremities like suck it up. Don't ever cry for 20 years. Then we have, let's heal ourselves four hours a day when you're not even having that foundation. You guys, there is a sweet spot. No one likes the word balance right now. It's like, they can't have balance. I'll, I'll call it harmony if that fits better for you. But you guys, this is where guidance by a coach or someone you trust to navigate this in knowing when certain things should be pulled in and out, I still will go back to, yes, you need to create and share your story and learn to process feelings, but where you start depending on the person, everyone. Okay. A lot of times we all need support, whether it be a coach, a counselor, you do need that foundation because I would agree with you. Extremity is what I see high performers do. And it's not 
necessary. That's one of the- It creates that yo-yo, right? (laughs) And this this is what I see with high performers is like they go from like one extreme to the other and then there's like complete chaos and then complete organization and complete chaos. And it's this up and down and up and down and up and down where in the middle of those, right? That's where there's meaning. That's where there's purpose and presence. And that's what we really want. Like progress equals happiness, right? Like that's a Tony Robbins thing. And if people feel stuck- well, stop yo-yoing back and forth yeah. and like just get uncomfortable in the combination of those two things. But it is also different for everybody. Yeah. And it's so funny you should say that because this extremity, it comes from wounds, you guys. You know, we think everything has to be hard. We get a little off on it. You guys, that, that is. And it's it, because it's our brain. It's saying it's similar, right? Yeah. So we do it. And then we want the euphoric part because that's who we are too, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, we get addicted to resistance. Yeah. Just as much as we get addicted to euphoria and mm-hmm. understanding neither one really serves us, to be honest. Yeah. I've gotten to the point now, and I want all you leaders to get this, that I don't care if I get a good email or bad email. I don't care if people like 50 likes on my page or a thousand. I, I've gotten this point where I'm just like this. I'm doing my thing. I'm mm-hmm. not controlled by what's going on out there or what I do that's extreme or not. I, I'm learning that extremity is not necessary. Most of the time, by the way, sometimes it is you guys for safety, you know, I'm talking about days in and day outs of leadership roles. We don't need that. And it creates emotional exhaustion, like adrenal fatigue, so much scarcity and the ego just dominates because you guys, the email, email, like, excuse me, the ego is all about inferior superior. It's always about past anxiety, depression. Like it's, it's creating this story for you and it loves it again, Myrtle. Thank you. Yes, right. <laughs> I'm not doing that anymore because I want to be a powerful leader. And what you said, leaders, listen to what Chris said. Look at any leader that you absolutely respect. Okay. Even in your own community, it doesn't have to be someone big, you know, Nelson Mandela or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, it's look at their flow state. You guys, I'm not saying they don't have tough days. What I'm saying is whatever's coming at them, good or bad, they're just like this. They, they truly are. They've mastered the art of being in the now. They've mastered the art of feeling the feeling. Yeah. They've mastered the art of being highly intuitive and making decisions congruent with where they're at and allowing other in their community, their team, the same to create psychological safety. And I'm telling you when you do that, yeah, feelings, intuition, emotional intelligence, AKA decision-making, your team is unstoppable. You could be promoting basket weaving, whatever, and it's going to take off. (laughs) Yeah. Like look at all the sock companies that are out there that are like seven, eight figure companies. They're sock companies, right? Like I profoundly love uh, Josh Waitskin, Tim Ferriss and Ryan Holiday. Like I I very much admire these because they're, they're very rooted in who they are. Um, Like Ryan has been doing the daily stoic for a long period of time. Amazing husband, amazing father to his children. Um, Tim like has done extraordinary consultations and he's making an impact in the way that we like envision ourselves and all of these other things. And they, you're like, how the fuck are you doing all of this? And it's just relative to them. Like they're in the presence of where they are and they're not like suppressing or depressing any of these other emotions. They just go, oh, I feel like shit today. Or like for like Tim, who's like struggled with depression, he surfaces, he talks about it now, right? And that's like this new age leadership. These are the people that are powerful where it's not like, hey, like something's wrong and like you can tell, but like they don't want to talk about it. It's like, yeah, something's wrong. I'm just, I'm sad today. Like I just feel like I'm stuck today. And by doing that, like 
the moment that you admit that it's going to be hard, it becomes easy, right? Yeah. I'm not saying this stuff has to be complex, but the moment you admit that it's hard, it starts to become easier. It is so true. And you guys, I can't say that enough. When you're staying in the power now, owning the emotion, your body takes off your mind, body, soul. The human body is the most brilliant machine ever made. And by the way, all the brilliant geniuses we know of kind of our time, the Albert Einstein, the Wright brothers, do you realize if you guys look at their backstory and what they did, you know, they didn't just extrapolate their idea from thin air. You know, they studied the human body yeah. and they just studied, studied it in the now. All of them had opportunities, which ironically, a lot of them had depression as part of their, their history. And they learned the power of now, their own body, this own amazing machine. And they fully expressed it into these brilliant, brilliant opportunities for people to learn from them. These genius moments they had. I believe all of us have genius in us. Yeah. I believe that. And what you said, I love Tim Ferriss because it starts with just being willing to be here and tap into the feeling. Your brain will stop doing the ego dance, pulling itself out of creativity and just start expanding. I have seen myself grow so much in, I didn't realize, I'm like, gosh, that was genius what I said. Or, you know, seriously, right. because I feel that I'm like, my my human body, my machine is so brilliant. Each of us have that opportunity. You can be a genius like Albert Einstein, but it starts with what Tim Ferriss said. Like, I'm feeling this. It's that yeah. simple, you guys. We teach a lot of great modalities, but I will say that at the end of the day, if we have to say anything on this podcast, just, I feel it. Put it yeah. out there and it loses its power. It yeah. loses its power. That may be paradoxical to you. And I'll say this. I teach this a lot. I do a whole masterclass on this. The power of paradoxes. Mm -hmm. There's so much hidden power and paradoxes, and this is one of them. Okay. Like, yeah. I don't want to say it. It's going to get like, say it. Say it. Claim you're it. You're in now. Mm -hmm. Ego does this, and you're just hanging with it. You guys have nothing else. Expansion. You start taking off in your zone of genius. I'm telling you, I see this all the time. So pull that in. You have a great human machine, no different than Chris or I or Albert Einstein. Yep. And I mean that. Yeah. Trust I that. I wholeheartedly agree too, right? Like you don't have to make these things more complex. Like you can keep it simple. Like if step one, if the entire takeaway of this podcast for you is to just feel it, awesome. But couldn't be more proud of you. Claim that, right? Accept that and let that be yours. We're coming up on the end of our time here. Where can people get a hold of you? Because like this conversation, I know we could go for hours at a time, but if people want more information on like what it is that you're doing to keep this conversation going with you, where can they get some more info about you? Absolutely. So I'm the most active on Instagram at the Jennifer Watson and I answer all my own DMs. I want to be here to support you, whatever that looks like, or if you have questions on the podcast. I'm also active on LinkedIn at Jennifer Watson Leadership. And those are probably my two biggest platforms. You can check out my website, jenniferwatsonleadership.com. But I want to get in the goods with you guys. I'd love to hear questions you have from this episode because we want to make sure, and I know Chris feels the same, that you feel supported because I yeah. want you to create the impact in the unique way that you're doing it. So let's do this together. 6,000%. <laughs> Jennifer and I have been friends for about two years now. Um, and just having her in my life has been just a catalyst for my own expansion and emotional understanding. So she's the real deal. Definitely go give her a holler, give her a shout. Is there any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Any final emotions that you'd like to connect for audience today? Just be the person you were meant to be. You guys, it's, it's such a cheesy phrase to a lot of people. Be the person you were meant to be. 
unashamed, reckless abandon, balls to the wall. I will say that's a journey I've taken in the last couple of years myself. Yeah. And it's been very powerful. So be you, do you, no one will ever cross this earth again. That's exactly like you. We need the fullest expression of you. I don't care if it's weird, eccentric, it doesn't matter. We need that color in our life. We need we you. Do. We desperately do. Oh, thank you for that, Jennifer. Can't wait to have you back on the show and can't wait for the rest of our audience to dive deeper into this conversation. Please go give Jennifer a holler. If any of this is like really hit home, drop her a message, say hello. She is a beautiful, shining example of what true leadership is. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today. And again, can't wait to have you back. Thank you.